0: Hi, I'm Charlotte.
1: I'm Heli and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow.
0: In each episode, we spend some time catching up, we share something we've enjoyed recently, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant for things that are going on right now. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to hit subscribe. It makes a world of difference to us and the growth of the podcast, but also means that you'll never miss an episode because it will land into your subscription box every Wednesday morning. So how are you doing, my love? You've got some very exciting news to share this week. I do. I do. Well, I mean, it might not be exciting for everyone listening. It's exciting.
1: (laughs) But um, I have been to Dubrovnik this weekend because I am the Digital Nomad Ambassador for Dubrovnik for 2023. Well, one of several ambassadors for 2023. But um, yeah, very exciting. I had to do a press conference about it and everything, which was... Really cool, but I didn't know I was gonna have to speak to TV crews. And I'm so glad that I didn't know because the the stress and the nerves, had I known that beforehand, um <laughs> would would have not been ideal. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> I can't, I mean, you know how proud I am of you. I keep voice noting you like sporadically to tell you how proud I am. Um Aww. and we were going to the gym earlier, and Alex is like, I'm just so proud of her. <laughs>
1: honestly the support means the world to me and I never know what to do with it because I'm not very good at accepting praise so I would just say thank you
0: (laughs) we honestly we're so proud we're so excited um even like Alex's parents are excited for you like it's all very cute um it it is wild though that we went to
1: Dubrovnik together in I know in two, 2017 on a day trip from Montenegro like we were the OGs
0: we were we went to that bar before it was cool
1: yeah we went when it was actually a secret bar
0: do you remember that portaloo which was like the only toilet we'd come across and I still say that is the worst bathroom I've ever used in my life like it was a portaloo on literally the side of a cliff and to make it stand still they'd like cut chunks out of it so that it like merged into the rock the door didn't stay shut it had like a random bit of rope and the smell of it haunts me but the rest of the bar was wonderful like that view was insane i actually don't think they have a toilet there
1: now i don't i was literally just thinking i don't recall seeing one i mean it can't be worse than the one they had i would go with no toilet being there rather than the one they had <laughs> yeah hundred percent hundred percent um <laughs> what have you been up to this week
0: it's been a quieter one for me. I'm definitely enjoying the spring weather, though. I treated myself to some tulips, and they are the most beautiful, like, you know um, rhubarb and custard sweets? Yeah. That's what they look like. It's, oh. They're so pretty. And they're sitting on my desk, and it's just giving me all of the springtime vibes. And it's Pancake Day tomorrow. Well, when this goes live, it'll be yesterday. Um, and I just find that to be one of the most exciting food-themed holidays because who doesn't love pancakes? I actually moved my PT session because I was like, no, I want us to be at home eating pancakes that evening. Right. Although, So the crazy thing is, so they
1: celebrate Shrove Tuesday here as well, because also Catholic mm-hmm. country, but they don't have pancakes. So they had a massive carnival at the weekend. So they had a carnival in Dubrovnik. They have something called dirty pasta instead. And can't decide. Honestly, it was really great pasta, but I can't decide now if prefer pancakes or dirty pasta but isn't it interesting like how completely different those traditions are
0: that's wild I mean personally I'm gonna go for pancakes because maple syrup um Mm, fair but I can see the appeal of pasta the only problem with pancake day is like I would always have my pancakes in the evening I don't have time at any other point in the day to have them Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of in that awkward thing of like Do I have a small dinner? Do I have pancakes instead of dinner, but pancakes alone aren't filling enough? And then you always get into that awkward, like, when do you have your pancakes scenario? What's your pancake topping of choice?
1: Oh, I like, um, I do love a good, simple, like sugar and lemon. However, Mm -hmm. I'm also a fan of like Nutella and some sort of fruit, like strawberries.
0: See, I don't like Nutella, so that never appeals to me. I'm like a throwing through maple syrup gal.
1: Oh, I find maple syrup. I do like maple syrup a little bit. I do find it a little bit too sweet. So I, I, it's not my choice.
0: I would swig it out the bottle. <laughs>
1: do you have any Canadian maple syrup left?
0: No, we couldn't bring any back because we literally oh. had no room left in our suitcases. And you can buy it here. And I was like, the risk involved in bringing a tin of it back oh yeah is the reward it just didn't and bear in mind that we ended up leaving like our house keys half of alex's wardrobe like the car keys all of that in canada anyway <laughs> god knows what we would have left if I was also smuggling back maple syrup <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh god what a great time that was
0: oh you gotta laugh otherwise you just cry but anyway what's your recommendation this week um,
1: my recommendation is a book. It's called The Whispering Muse by Laura Purcell. And mm-hmm. she, not going to lie, I am obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> but I started reading her. So she's published by Bloomsbury and they first published her when I worked for them. So I read a couple of her proof copies. And then since then, even though I've left, I'm still buying her books. And she writes this kind of eerie paranormal suspense historical fiction oh and it he just uses the time period so well like a lot of them are set in uh like the victorian era and there's obviously a lot of superstitions um and stories associated with that time and that era in history anyway But The Whispering Muse is set in Victorian London, mostly at the Mercury Theatre. And it follows the protagonist, Jenny, who has a new job as a dresser of the leading actress. And she's actually been sent there to spy on her by the theatre owner's wife. But there's this obsession in the theatre with the tragic muse of Greek mythology. And this leading actress claims that the muse whispers to her and is the source of her success. And despite having absolutely no belief in like those superstitions, the main character, Jenny, she ends up wrapped up in this world where like the ambitions of the actress are leaning into obsession and she manages like you know, you know how we were saying insidious is such a good word last week. Mm you don't realise how dark it's getting. It's like a culmination of little things, like small unsettling things in this gothic storyline. And it honestly ends in the most fantastic way. I'm not going to ruin it, but if you are a fan of historical fiction and if you like that kind of paranormal gothic thriller genre, I 100% recommend it and all of her books as well. I think The Corset is my favourite one that she's written. Have I heard of that yeah Silent Companions is her other really famous one as well um but yeah definitely recommend although I do feel like maybe this is not quite a recommendation for you because I don't know if it's 100% your genre okay
0: maybe I'll give it a go and I'm feeling (laughs) bricks.
1: yeah and maybe to be like I was reading it at night and I was like "Mm, I'm actually going to stop and just read this in the morning because it was it was unsettling
0: that sounds cool though like very engaging
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels fully immersive. Like, how incredible is it to be able to write a book that immerses someone so much that they feel nervous about Greek muse that doesn't exist? Anyway, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. What's your recommendation this week? My fitness based one. And I've been meaning to recommend this for, I mean, months now. And every time I forget or something else comes along that's like a bit more time sensitive. But it's a workout called a treadmill strut. Now, the original person who did this is called Ali Bennett. I saw her on TikTok and she kind of, they, quite a few people have now like recreated this, but she is like the original. She refers to herself as the CEO of the treadmill strut. And essentially, <laughs> what it is is a fun way to use the treadmill. She has curated playlists. So you can find them all on Spotify and you start with like a just a comfortable casual walking pace that will go along to the beat of the first track and then every song that progresses it just gets ever so slightly faster so it's like 0.2 or three more on the treadmill and you get faster and faster and faster they they range between like 20 minutes and 35 minutes but she's got ones like Lady Gaga there's a Taylor Swift one there's an ABBA one there's a um, I'm trying to remember them one. it's like a Miley Cyrus one there's just it's so fun you, the Britney one is my favorite and as the music builds and you're just walking and walking and walking you just feel so powerful then it gets to a point where it's a run um, but like she designs it specifically it's so like if you don't like if you can't run or you don't want to run you can just like run for the chorus or like you can adapt it to work for you but it's such a fun workout it's like the only cardio I actually enjoy And I always finish it feeling like super empowered. You get a real sweat on, you get your heart rate up, you feel really positive. um, And it's so like, it's such a straightforward idea, but such a good one.
1: Oh my God, I love that. I can't believe I've not come across it before. I'm 100% doing this because, so Taylor and I go to the gym usually most weekdays and we start off every time with, we do 15 minutes next to each other on the treadmill before we go off and do our own thing and we're always like super competitive about like getting on there first and pressing start <laughs> first and who can do the most on the treadmill in 15 minutes this is 100% going to be my vibe next time we go to the
0: gym I'm gonna I'll link, I'll link her um link to the Spotify playlists in the um in the show notes there's, there's loads of other stuff she does as well but like that's the thing that like fully like catapulted her up so on here at the moment i'm just reading the list miley cyrus bad bitch energy affirmations treadmill start start i've not seen that one before emo treadmill start strut oh my god i can't get my words out 1975 selena gomez a christmas one carly gray jackson one megan trainer midnights by taylor swift shania twain halloween the weekend country um harry styles one hour one there's a one hour taylor swift one high school musical like literally i'm gonna stop because the list goes on so so long um but whatever like your favorite kind of like your favorite type of genre of music whatever there'll be something for you there
1: well that sounds perfect because we all know i have a very underdeveloped music taste and i knew all of those people so there will definitely be something for me (laughs)
0: see that would be something for everyone exactly (laughs) I'm gonna put the link in our chat now because otherwise I will totally lose it later and I want to make sure you have it for your next gym session as well thank you very much
1: um do you want to intro our topic for this week
0: this week we want to have a conversation about well-being because it's such a catch-all term used by everyone we know that our well-being is really important. I think the past couple of years have really like catapulted it from a slightly more niche focus or a bit of like a millennial snowflake focus to like an actual important pillar of our health. Um, And We want to have a conversation around it because it's hard to sometimes know where the easiest place is to start with like improving your overall well-being. It's very easy to say, I'm going to meditate or I want to lose weight or I want to get stronger but fundamentally it all ladders up to your overall well-being.
1: Yeah I do think because well-being is that kind of catch-all term that's a really great thing because it can mean whatever you want it to mean for you but also it can mean if you're not 100% sure how to address your well-being whether that's your health your happiness your comfort how generally satisfied you are like well being incorporates so many different aspects of life that yeah. if you're not really sure what it means to you i guess it can feel a little bit i don't know hard to pin down because i, I feel like m- yeah. it's mostly associated with like mental well being physical well being emotional well being but what what do those actually mean like that even those all mean different things to everyone
0: yeah like physical well being to you could be like I don't know like your ankle not you're not having problems with your ankle or like playing your best netball game ever whereas to me it could be I don't know being able to walk the station really quickly in the mornings like like they're silly examples but like it's going to be different for everyone it's a bit like when we had the conversation about freedom you've got to kind of work out what makes you feel good and like assess what it is in your own life and then you can start to make a bit of a plan I think there's a trial and error element to that as well which can be quite fun if you approach it with curiosity I think that can be quite an enjoyable experience
1: oh I I definitely agree and again I think maybe that's also why well-being feels daunting because there is that trial and error aspect which can be really fun or it can feel like quite a lot to To take on because it is your responsibility Mm. at the end of the day, but it means you have to take on the responsibility to do that trial and error and figure out what's right for you, what changes you need to make. And again, like a lot of these conversations we have, it's probably not going to be easy to implement those changes at first, but it all comes back to those kind of future you like things you can do for future you that Mm. you're going to be really grateful for that kind of build that foundational layer to support you in other areas of life.
0: Yeah I feel like there's two layers to or like two elements to well-being it's the fun stuff and then it's the stuff that's a bit harder that you have to do if you want to succeed in the future but is really hard in the present like setting boundaries and maintaining them with people and kind of doing that introspection to allow you to like understand your own mental health and how you can tackle that in the best way like that's the part of well-being that i think is probably where a lot of people kind of stop like you the surface level well-being of i eat vegetables and i get outside for some fresh air and i meditate etc none of those are like that's not to diminish the importance of any of those things but it's that next level of well-being where it's like the difficult version that i think is where like the really the really important things can happen Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah because in that same like similar to what you're saying but I do feel like a lot of people conflate well-being with self-care
0: and obviously
1: self-care is really important and it definitely plays a factor in your well-being but that isn't what well-being is on its own because I was looking up like what actually is the definition of well-being and when you when you look it up it says that it's It is incorporating, it is like general satisfaction with your health, your happiness and your general like comfort in your situation in life. When you really think about, like those are all really big things on their own, like your happiness, like what the hell, like that's pretty big. Your health, that incorporates so many things, not just like exercise, but your diet, your sleep hygiene, your work-life balance. And then the comfort aspect as well, that incorporates all of the things like your your finances your relationships mm-hmm. so there is so much more that goes into it so kind of reducing it down to self care isn't really helpful if you are going to go into that kind of trial and error of figuring out what well being looks like for you
0: i think it would almost be like saying that your physical health is just exercise mm. mm-hmm. when really it's, there's so much more to it like that does play a really important part but there's more to it and you you can't expect to get it right all the time. And the nature of well-being being such a holistic term and such a holistic concept is that it will flux and it will change as you go through life and you have different habits and different priorities. And I think that's like quite a good way to view well-being as like a an underpinning. like it underpins your success because if you are focusing on your well-being, chances are you're achieving things elsewhere in your life
1: I absolutely agree I do think well-being if you've nailed down what well-being is for you and how you can support yourself through having those like strong foundational blocks of well-being I think that is going to support your long-term success because you have got that like your base your base level isn't zero it's, you've already given yourself a head start by mm-hmm. managing your well-being because it links to all of those other things like your stress levels, your boundaries, your diets, even like how you operate. Do you are you someone who needs to spend time outside every every day? Do you get good sleep? Yeah. Are you someone who I don't know needs time alone to recharge or are you better with people? Like understanding all of those things about yourself will play a role in your well-being and then how you can use that for your success in the future as well.
0: The other thing with well-being is understanding that whilst it might be hard to nail down now and like get on tracks, it can definitely feel like quite an intimidating concept. If you break it down and you think about those different pillars of your life, like your physical health, your mental health, like your happiness, your how fulfilled you feel, it makes it easier to know where to start. Like, if you think actually my physical health is in a pretty good place, like, there's obviously ways to improve it, but that's pretty good. I feel quite mentally resilient, but I feel really unfulfilled. It's almost like that's the easiest way. That's the, or well, it's not the easiest way. It's probably the hardest thing, but it's the quickest way to boost your overall well being.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You've, you've got to kind of see it as like a, or I see it in my mind when I think of my well being, like a, um, almost like a wheel with different spokes in it and like when I feel great and like I'm really taking care of my well-being like I know I'm doing well each of those spokes is like full of color but when maybe certain areas I'm not focusing on as much maybe I'm not exercising as much or I've not eaten my greens and drunk enough water those almost like like the color fills up less of the spoke it like recedes into the middle a bit more it's actually
1: a um it might, I might be making this up. I actually think it might be called the wheel of well-being or the wheel of, maybe it's wheel of life instead, but it's basically that diagram. And I actually did it for my goal setting at the start of this year, because I realized last year, my goal setting was very like career focused and financial focus, which is obviously fine. But I did want to have more of the balance. So there's like, I think there's seven spokes on this circle and they all have like little dots out of 10. And you basically mark on each one. So it is like physical well-being, mental well-being, relationships, finances. Um, can't remember what the others are, but then you you mark on it and then you connect it with the lines, and you can kind of see obviously the more jaggedy your circle is, the more in flux your well-being is because mm-hmm. there's less consistency. Obviously, if you're a 10 all the way around on all of them, you're gonna have a perfect circle. And I think. But like that was really helpful for me to actually break down and look at from a goal setting perspective. So I guess, and then that also helped me direct what I was going to focus on first. Like I yeah. know like my sleep is bad. I know that like I do not have a set bedtime and I know I need, I should have a better routine for going to bed. I know I should stop eating and drinking closer to when I go to bed, things like that. So looking at it there, I was like, okay, that's probably actually something that I should work on first so if it feels super overwhelming to tackle a whole of well-being maybe just break it down into those areas and pick a couple that you think are really important first
0: Mm. and also like like have a chat with people like like like-minded people people who you like success or other elements you might want to emulate to get inspiration like it doesn't mean that it's going to their way is going to work for you but it might inspire some different ideas so you think about it differently like one of my fitness goals this year was just to like generally I want to be as fit and healthy as possible but I was like okay I need to do things within that that are fun and kind of engage that like curiosity and almost like play state so one of the things I set was every like and i know not everyone will like this but i work in my mind i work in quarters it's how i work at work it makes sense to me to refer to different quarters of the year that's just how my brain works um but like each quarter i will try a new physical activity i've never done before and it doesn't have to be anything like crazy it's not like i'm going to go base jumping but it's seeing my well-being in a different way of like okay Yes, that's exercise, but also it's meeting new people. It's being out of my comfort zone. It's moving my body in a different way. It's all of those other elements that kind of invite fun into it because I think fun is such an important part of well-being that we often don't talk about. We talk about doing the hard stuff like setting boundaries and getting sleep and eating well. But fun is a really important part of it as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where people... Like when I was looking at that definition of, of well-being, part of it is happiness. And mm-hmm. people assume that those like foundational factors of sleep and diet and physical exercise, like, yes, obviously they're important and we talk about them a lot, but you're right, that play aspect and that when we talk about work-life balance, what's the life bit like what are you actually yeah. working on to add to your well-being in the life section because if your idea of work-life balance is getting home early enough so you can like I don't know binge a new tv series every night like more power to you that's fine but is that actually promoting the happiness aspect of your well-being yeah
0: like, or is it's that not really system?
1: that yeah it's not really encouraging that I don't know, try new things or look up a hobby or make new connections. Like that's the thing. It doesn't have to be joining a team sport and going down to your local, I don't know, rugby team, netball team, whatever. But what does work life balance and that life bit? What do you actually want it to, to be made up of? Because that's where the happiness bit's gonna come in a lot of the time, isn't it? Like doing yeah. something you enjoy.
0: And I don't think you need to know the answer of like what you think it will, what you want it to look like. You don't need to know the answer. What you do need to do, though, is have the willingness to try different things and experiment with them and go through that trial and error process of learning about yourself. Part of, I think, well-being and focusing on like how you are holistically as a person is learning more about yourself. And yeah, I know we talk about that a lot in terms of like doing the hard work, but also it's actually I enjoy that sport I thought I hated as a kid or oh yeah I can't draw I'm awful at it but that was quite fun and discovering like your the things you enjoy as an adult but mm-hmm. well, I, th-
1: well, I think that raises an important point as well that it, mm-hmm. what is a priority for your well-being can change as you change like oh, you sure don't it. have to this isn't about picking one thing. This isn't about starting a new sport or starting a new hobby and being like, well, that's my well-being sorted <laughs> for the next 30 years. And that's obviously not how it how it works. And something that is great for you now might not be great for you in a year's time or five years' yeah. time or or whatever it is. And you can either see promoting your well-being as a chore. Or something that's exciting to try and think about and I think yeah when at least when I think about that changeable aspect it's something that's really exciting
0: I yeah I find it exciting it's like it invites you to try new things and to have a bit of fun I think we focus so much on the serious parts of wellbeing, we forget the fun but we forget that um, we don't have to like know it all and have it all at any time but it's it's just taking a slightly different approach, isn't it? Like, what does it mean to you? And also knowing that it will look completely different to everyone. Like the things that work for you might not work for me. Mm-hmm. Vice versa.
1: Yeah. And the stage of life that you're at. Like, I mean, we obviously both go to the gym as regulars as regularly as we can and get outside every day, but there's chance there's there's a chance that in the next Two, three five years that that's not something that's going to fit with our lifestyle anymore that, there's nothing wrong with that but it's I guess having an awareness of the equilibrium of your well-being and okay if I'm no longer able to go to the gym three or four times a week what can I actually do instead that's going to really kind of boost my boost my well-being in that area is it going to be like a 20 minute walk in the morning instead or mm. whatever it might be
0: it's like you know that, and I think so much of what we talk about we say this, but it's so, like, so, so your own responsibility to prioritise your well being to make it work for you. And I often think it's easy to say that as to women who are child-free, we don't have any dependents or anything like that. But I think the point still stands for people who do have children, who do have different careers to us, to people who have people, other people they need to consider. It's still your responsibility to look after your well being because I think when you honor that in yourself you show up better for everyone else I was mm-hmm. talking to someone recently she was like oh I just I don't prioritize working out because it's more important for me to be with my children And I'm going to challenge you on that because by exercising regularly you've just said that you feel calmer when you exercise so then you're more present when you are with your children but also you're creating a better future version of yourself for your children mm-hmm. so like it's not um it's not all about today but also like how you show up for other people as well and I think that was it was really interesting to have that conversation with someone who had kids because obviously it's not something I can relate to um and she's like oh yeah like I show up so much better for my kids if I've taken that time for myself but I don't think I should take that time for myself I this is really interesting
1: yeah like you've identified that that does make you like show up better but then you don't make it a priority. That's yeah, and I and I guess like yeah, we can't we can't relate. And when you have so much on your plate, in a different way from how we do now, it's yeah, you can't possibly know until you're there. But then I I do feel like that goes back to the that kind of foundation laying of mm-hmm. well being, and I don't know in five years time, ten years time if exercising means that you're more present for your kids when you are there I don't know which memories are going to be the like the stronger memories which memories are going to be the ones that you reflect on more positively I don't mm. know but then it's it's hard isn't it to look back with that mind's eye of oh if I do this then hopefully in the future it will nurture this kind of perception or relationship or whatever yeah but it uh, At the end of the day, yeah, it does come back down to only you can take that action, regardless of whether you think it's the wrong or the right thing to do. You make a choice to do it or not to do it.
0: Completely. We hope you found this helpful. Um, Wellbeing is such a big topic and we'd love to get your thoughts. So, If you have any tips or advice or anything you want to share with other listeners about how you manage your well-being, please do get in touch. All of the details are down in the show notes, as they always are. And while you're there, don't forget to hit subscribe because we love um is actually is the button for subscribing even there it's not is it
1: no uh, i actually don't know where it is on apple podcast because i don't have an apple no. device
0: well just make sure you go and hit subscribe wherever it is
1: or follow i know the follow button on spotify is at the top so yes it is
0: <laughs> yes go follow we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week we'll be back next wednesday with another episode but in the meantime stay safe stay well and we will speak to you then Bye. Bye.